Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. You know, I, I, I think most everybody in this room would, to some degree, say, I, I want to encounter God more in my life. I, I, want to have, I want to have a greater experience with Him. I want to I want, I want to see the, the, the re- results of him being a part of my life. And I, I, w- I, want, to, I want to have experiences. How many, how many would say that's honestly where you're at? I, wherever you're at in God, I think that most of us say we, would, we want more of him. And, and we, we, want to, we want more to, to be captured by him. And I, I think that part of our struggle is that we're, we're missing him because we're rushing And we're missing him in the moment. The title of my message this morning is in that moment. You see, I, I think that we, we have been, we've bought a lie that, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to find God in, when we go to church on Sunday morning. And hopefully, you know, you experience him. That, but we'll find God when we go to this conference. Or we'll, we'll find God when, when this speaker speaks or or this group sings, or this individual is present. And, and so we're, we're just biding our time too often when, until that, that next event, that next blowout, you know, the next conference, the next, the next time that this person comes around. And, 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 and because it, we're, we're, we've got our eyes focused on that, that next event that that we lose God in the moment. And, and when, you, when you find in Scripture God, you find Him showing up most times totally unannounced. And there are people, the Bible is full of people from Genesis to Revelation who miss God because they're looking right past Him. I may, maybe you're never around people who, who do this to you. Uh, unfortunately, pastors are some of the worst at it. But they will, they will greet you somewhere. And as they're shaking your hand, how you doing today? They're looking around to see who they're going to talk to next. You know what I'm talking about? And it's almost like you're not important, but I look stupid if I'm not doing something, and so I'll shake your hand like a... Oh, oh, here's somebody I'd like to talk to. Yeah, good, good to talk to you, brother. And then they move on. And I, I, I think that sometimes, sometimes we do that with God. We, we can't wait to go to this conference or this event, or we can't wait until this one sings or, or that one preaches, because when they do that, we experience God. And, and that's okay. But, but this is a relationship between you and God, not you and God and another person. This is a personal, it's, it's between you and Him. And we miss Him so often because He's often in that moment. And He's often in that moment and we don't even recognize Him because He's taken on a different form. This, this verse here said He... He showed himself again to the disciples. And 
I'm going to paraphrase, and, and this is how he did it this time. If you go back to John 20, the end of John 20, you find that the disciples have been locked in an upper room. They're, they're afraid because the Jews have killed Jesus. Surely they're going to kill them, and, and they're hiding in the room, and, and in the midst of the room, it's, it's actually kind of a, kind of a, a funny scenario because they're, they're in there, and the doors are locked, because they're afraid of what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, he appears in the middle of the room. Now, that's enough reason to be afraid, okay? Just all of a sudden, boom, there he is. And, and they're shocked at him. And he tells them who he is. And Thomas says, Lord, I, I won't believe it unless I put my hand in your holes and, and feel your hand in your hands and feel your side. And, and he does that, but it's still not enough. And so the next chapter, verse 1 of 21 says, and it says, and he showed himself again. Aren't you glad that he just keeps showing himself again to us? I thank God for that time in that little Baptist church in Sharon Center, Ohio, when I got out of my pew and I walked to the front and I gave my heart to God. I thank God for that moment, but I, I can't live on that moment. Thank God for the day that, that the most beautiful woman in the world married me and, and we got married, but we, that, that, that was a moment and our relationship, our life is built on a, a, a series of these moments. And too many are, are just rushing through life. And because he's showing up in ways they weren't expecting, they're, they're missing him. You may have seen the, the child movie, children's movie Hook from a number of years ago. Remember that? Robin Williams played Peter Pan in the movie Hook. Some of you saw it. You're just ashamed to say you watched it, but I watched it. I watched it, okay? And, and Robin Williams is Peter Pan, but he, he doesn't know he's Peter Pan. And, he's, and then when he finally understands he's Peter Pan, he's trying to convince the lost boys that he's Peter Pan. And they're not buying it either because, you know, he's, I think they say he's fat and pasty, okay? And so they, they, don't, they don't see it, but there's a, a very moving moment in the, the, the movie when, when there's this one little boy, he, he gets up in Robin Williams' face and he stares at him and he, he takes his hand and he pushes Robin Williams' face and puts a smile on it and he's looking so intently and then finally he says, there you are. Here's what God has put on my heart. He wants you as his people to have those experiences on a regular basis. He, he wants you to know that he, he can show up in the face of your child. He can show up in an act of kindness that somebody does for you. He can show up in just a moment. He can just, you weren't expecting anything. In fact, you were having a bad day. Your, your, 
you were having a bad week, but then all of a sudden, he, he just, just shows up. And he's there. And you sense him. And we miss those divine moments because we're busy. And there's something we got to go do. And somebody waiting for us. Some of you don't want to talking about him. And you know what? And if you're not careful, you'll schedule that. This week I put on Facebook something that God just kind of put into my heart. And that is that divine moments can't be scheduled. They can't be reproduced. They're not reproducible. Here's a, here's a thing about God we've got to remember in 2014, and that is this. He comes on his timetable. Think of the audacity of that. The God of the universe decides to show up, and we say, uh, not right now. Serious? Not right now? You got to do what? It's those divine moments that we're missing. And can, can I tell you that I think that this thing builds. I think when we start recognizing God in, in everyday occurrences, we start hearing him in, in everyday situations. I know I've shared the story before. My wife and I were in Canada. This was a number of years ago. We'd pulled up at a traffic light. It was a big intersection. I just wanted to drive around Canada a little bit. We'd gone to see Niagara Falls. I wanted to see what it looked like in Canada. I don't know. I thought maybe they'd look like aliens or something. I wanted to see what Canadians look like. So we went out driving, and we pulled up this large intersection, and I'm waiting, and, and I'm in the right-hand lane. We're in the right-hand lane, and there's another lane next to us, and the light turns green, and I'm aware that it turns green. I see it turn green. I see out of the corner of my eye the car next to me take off, go out to the light. The car behind me beeps, and nothing about me wants to move. I'm, I'm, a, I'm fully aware that I'm supposed to be going, but nothing. I even turn to Gail Beth, and I'm going to ask her, as if she would know why I'm not going, I'm going to ask her, why aren't I going? And she says to me, why aren't you going? And literally as she's saying that, we hear the most horrendous crash happen in front of us. And the car that was on our immediate left that had gone when the light turned green got T-boned in the middle of the intersection by a car coming from this direction. And there's a grandfather and his daughter, his granddaughter that was killed in that vehicle. And in that moment... That moment, but maybe less dramatic, but more impactful. I think our days are designed for divine moments. And we miss them. Because we want some big production. And today it was only somebody to calling and saying, listen, you're on my heart. I've been praying for you. And we say, Lord, when, when did you pray for us? And we didn't acknowledge how important that was. And he said, when you did it to them, you did it to me. 
I sent them to you. The God of the universe arrested their heart, told them to pick up the phone and call you, and you blew it off. He gave you a... a maybe, any of you got your pets? Anybody like your pets? God gave you, if you got a good pet, God gave you a good pet. If you got a bad pet, the devil gave it to you. I don't, you, you, you. We got one of both. But our days are filled with little gifts from God. Our days are filled with opportunities to engage him. But we're too busy. We've got to answer the next email or read the next text or see what's going on on Facebook. We've got to quit get this done and get that done. And, and we miss those divine moments. Just a minute, we're going to read out of 1 Kings chapter 19. In this story in 1 Kings chapter 19, what has happened was Elijah had had just faced down all the prophets of Baal. You remember the story. You hear people oftentimes say that there was 450 prophets of Baal. Go back and read it. It's actually 850. And he has just faced them down. He has just challenged them to this challenge. He said, listen, let's, I'll make a deal to prove whether your God is true or my God is true. Here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll take turns. We'll put up a sacrifice. And whichever God answers by fire is truly God. And so they got together and they said they're fine with that. And they put, built the, 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 the fire and, and all the ingredients. And the 850 began to march around it and holler and scream in this big production. They screamed the louder and all the time they're doing all this. Elijah's staying over mocking. He said... Maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe your God's busy. Maybe you need to yell louder. And so they yell louder, and they get so drastic, they they literally start cutting themselves with knives to, to prove to their God how emphatic and needful they are. And you know the story, their, their God never answers. And finally, it's Elijah's turn. Elijah said, the problem with the sacrifice, it's too dry. Let's put some water on it. Let's put some more water on it. Let's, let's put some more water on it. And they're just flooding the sacrifice with all this water. And finally he turns his head toward heaven and he begins to pray 63-word prayer. Fire falls from heaven and not only consumes the sacrifice, but wipes out the 850. The queen, Jezebel, says to Elijah, before this day is done, what happened to them, I will see will happen to you. And he loses it. He runs and hides. He goes and lays under a juniper tree, and he, he just he's so depressed, he falls asleep, he wakes up, there's a meal there prepared for him. There's water to drink. He eats it, and he goes back asleep, and he wakes up again, and there's another 
loaf of bread baked and there's water. And the angel of the Lord says to him, hey, Elijah, what, what are you doing here? Elijah said, you don't understand. I'm the only one that stood for God. And look at how bad my life is. And so the angel of the Lord says this. He says, I want you to go over to that mountain. We'll talk over there. That's where we pick up the story. 1 Kings chapter 19. And he came unto a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and have slain thy prophets with a sword, and I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the evening in, in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Now, he's already asked him that question previously. Here's the nuances of that story we have to get. When he's in the cave, he's wanting God to do something, and it seems like God's about to do something because there's this mighty wind. And, and it's as if God is saying, I'm not in the wind. And then there's an earthquake. I mean, how many, how many conferences there have been, blow, wind of God, blow? Next time you see a conference advertised, it'll be advertised in one of three things. Blow, shake us, fire. Am I telling you the truth? Every conference it seems like that's out there. It's blow on us, shake us God, or fire us up. But God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the shaking. God wasn't in the fire. I'm not saying that those things are absent of God. I'm just saying that in this story, God was absent of those three things. But then there was a still, small voice. And it so impacted Elijah that the Bible says that he put his mantle back on. We just read that and think it's just a, a note, but it's, it's dramatic. He took his mantle off, meaning, I give up. I'm not doing ministry anymore. There's no reality in it. There's no, I'm, I'm in trouble and where's my God? And God is saying, I'm right here. It's in a whisper. And we are often looking for the wind. And we're often looking for the earthquake. 
And we're often looking for this dramatic, show me a sign, God. Uh, a pastor of ours years ago had told a story when he'd come to a rough spot in his walk with God. and He didn't know if God loved him anymore, didn't know if God wanted him anymore. You ever been there? And he says that he was out just taking a walk in the country and he, he, he stopped by this fence and then this pasture with some horses. And he said, God, I'm seeking a sign from you. I'm going I'm to put my head down on this fence and I'm going to pray for a while. And, and if it's your will that if you're trying to tell me that you love me and that you still want me to be in the ministry, then then have those horses come over to me by the fence. But if you're, you, you want to tell me that you don't love me and, you know, I'm, I'm not your guy, then send the horses away. So he laid down his head, and as he tells the story, he said, I gave God enough time. <laughs> and he said he lifted up his head, and guess what was staring him in the face? Nothing. He said, I lifted my head in time just to see the last of the last horse's butt go over the hill away from me. And so he's like, what do I do with that? And he said it was in that moment that God said to him, you're too mature to be depending on things like that. I'm just going to tell you what I think. Do we miss God sometimes because we're, we're looking for this earthquake and this wind and this fire? And there he is in, in the kindness of a child. Or there he is in the kindness of our spouse. If you're not careful, the enemy will point out all the, the failures of your husband or wife. But you'll, 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 miss, you'll miss God in them. The kindness of a stranger. The beauty of nature. I, I don't care for the cold, but let's, let's be honest, the snow is beautiful. Warm is more beautiful, but... <laughs> Those divine moments that could happen to you in the middle of a day. You could be at school. You could be like Moses, just going about your work. And then all of a sudden, God shows up. And here's, here's his heart to you today. If you won't step aside for a moment, See, you miss it. That, that one act by Moses may have seemed so small. Listen, he had an excuse. I've got to take care of these sheep. I'm the head shepherd. I've got a job to do. I don't know why that bush is over there burning. I can't deal with that right now. I'm not a bush burning expector. I'm a shepherd. That's what I do. That's who I am. I'm going to take care of my sheep. He had all those excuses in the world. But he made a moment's decision that he was going to turn aside and see what was going on. And because that he did, 
A whole nation was freed. God has something for you day by day. Well, he can just arrest you for a moment and, and all he's asking for is for you to stop what you're doing. I said something to J.J. yesterday and it kind of brought conviction on myself. I, he, like all kids, you've got to tell them sometimes to do things two or three or 50 times. And I was never like that. Okay, I just lied. Um, but I, I said to JJ to do something, and you know he was he was slow about doing it. And I said, JJ, try this. Act like what I just said was important. <laughs> and then I thought about it. Think of. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> listen, listen. There's moments that are waiting you today where your Heavenly Father can pull you aside. And if you don't resist, if you, 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 you stop working on the car, you quit loading the dishwasher, if you quit running the vacuum, if you quit shoveling the snow and you step aside for a moment, the, those divine moments, God can show himself again to you in that moment in a way like you have never perceived them before. You see, if you read this verse, as I told you, moments before, he had stood in a room with them. They talked to him. They touched him. They stuck their hand in his side. They saw the holes in his hand, and yet it wasn't enough. Because we know that wasn't enough because now in this verse he shows himself again. And again, and again, and again, and again. And Maddie, he has something for you every day, all week long. Mark, he has something for you. Wherever you're going, I know God one time where we pastored, he was, you know, he, he told me, he said, you know, pastor, he apologized if he wasn't in a church a lot. He said, I'm an over-the-road truck driver. I just, he said, man, I love coming back because I'm so dry and empty, you know, when I, when I miss for a couple of weeks. And I said, well, buddy, something's wrong. Why is it wrong? I said, I thank God for the ministry that happens inside the church, but it shouldn't all, your whole spiritual life shouldn't revolve around this. This should be the icing on the cake. He said, well, how can I fix that? I said, what are you doing? You, man, you've got a great opportunity. What are you doing when you're driving down the road? He's like every truck driver. I'm listening to country music. I said, I won't even touch that, but do this. Do this. Just, just shut the radio off. When you're driving down the road, just shut the radio off and say, God, you want to talk to me? I want to hear from you. Big old truck driver kind of... I couldn't read on his face whether he thought that was a good idea or not. We saw him several weeks later. I could instantly tell what a good idea it was. He stood in front of me and he, 
tears started welling up in his eyes. He said, do you remember what you told me last time I was here? He said, the craziest thing. I'm driving down the road, and I remember you saying that, and I thought, ah, what could it hurt? He said, I turned off my radio. He said, and I said, God, what preacher said. <laughs> he said, and all of a sudden, things just started welling up in front. He said, it was like, what's happening? It was a divine moment, and I want to tell you something. Your heavenly Father so loves you. He yearns for these divine moments. And one moment, one moment with him changes everything. One, one moment. It was one of the worst times of my life as I get ready to close. I just, I thank God that there have been people there they maybe didn't look like much. Probably didn't even articulate the message well. But they were there. And they were a gift from God in that moment. And they just shared. And I look back at my life with God. My, my, my relationship with God is a series of moments. And, and see, I, I like what this story tells us because if you go back and read the story of Elijah, it says that, that the, the bread and the water was there and he got up and he ate of the bread and the water and it was satisfying and fulfilling and he went to sleep and he woke up again and he, there was more bread and water and, and it says that he went 40 days on the nutrition from that meal. It, he didn't starve, he felt satisfied. You see, I, th I, I, think that's, I think that's how God works. I think what he does is he, he meets us here. That's the beauty of God. He meets you where you're at. Well, you can preach right there, can't you? He meets you where you're at. And he engages you. There's a moment. It might be in your bedroom. It might be at an altar. But he meets you there. And you experience God. But then he does this. And you start to sense that I, I, I need to move. I need to, I need to change. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't want to stay here anymore. I want something different. And, and you, 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 there's something in you that you just know this is the direction he went. Maybe what I need to do is start praying. Maybe what I need to do is start going to church. Maybe what I need to do is have fellowship with more believers. And you, you start trying to find God in, in, in different things, and that's okay. But then, then he stops. And you find him here, and he shows himself to you again. And then he does this. And you're reveling in the, the revelation and the... the, the the, the, the word that you got and the change and the deliverance and to the point you see only in God when you eat do you get more hungry. And now you want more of him and so now you come to here and he shows himself to you again and what he's doing all the time is he's taking you away from that old life. 
And he's bringing you into the life of promise that he's had for you. But you only see that when you allow those divine moments when some suddenly you just know that something's going on. And you say, I gotta go into my room. I gotta go take a walk. I gotta sit down. I gotta engage God in this moment. Because that's where He is. It's in that moment. It's in that moment that He changes us. Anybody getting this? Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.